Hello, and thank you for clicking, and thank you for listening to Policing Matters, the Police One podcast. I'm Doug Wiley. Hi, welcome back. I'm Jim Dudley. Jim, it's fairly well known and been high profile in recent weeks and months, uh, the tension that exists between police officers and prosecutors. You know, obviously the most um, notorious, if you will, case is Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, who, you know, brought charges against six officers that were totally unfounded, creating this really difficult tension between, you know, one element of the criminal justice system, as Dick Wolf would say, and another, right, which are supposed to be prosecuting and investigating crimes sort of in partnership. And that partnership can be um, damaged severely, not only by prosecutors going after officers, um, but also by the tension that exists when officers bring what they think are good cases with mountains of evidence, and they're largely ignored by the prosecutor because it's not the soup of the day. It's not the, you know, what they want to be pursuing. And they're looking, for, you know, they're, most of them are elected officials or appointed by an elected official, and they want to stay elected. So, you know, they go after stuff that's going to get them on the 5 o'clock news. Um, what do you think about this, this existing tension um, to varying degrees in various towns and cities? Uh, and what maybe can be done to uh, improve well, I think we're talking about two issues here. First, uh, the Baltimore situation is disturbing, and it's really, frankly, every cop's nightmare to be wholesale charged with murder when a suspect dies in custody is, is earth-shattering. With respect to the deceased, I've seen it go uh, both ways in similar situations. For instance, if officers uh, restrain a suspect and the suspect dies from uh, positional asphyxia, then the officer's exposed. Uh, officers swarm an individual who's large, overweight, with drugs in his system, and he dies. Uh, they're exposed with causing death by piling on. So it seems like cases like this, especially since Ferguson, Missouri, there's been a rush to judgment uh, of piling on by segments of the public, advocates, and even sworn and non-sworn politicians who want to get ahead of public scrutiny. So often it's the sworn officers that are left exposed. Even though four individuals went through the justice process in Baltimore and the other um, charges were dropped against the others, some still decry the system and how fair it is. And just like you mentioned, most DAs uh, or prosecutors are elected politicians. They have discretion in which cases they decide to prosecute or move forward on. And they want to show a high prosecution rate to show voters how effective they are. So even in good cases, uh, you may uh, take to the DA. They may be abandoned um, and disposed of as, you know, quote, handled by another agency like probation or parole or a federal agency or other um, uh, options um, that may not result in the suspect going forward. Right, so, plea bargains and things plea, of that nature. Right. So... Uh, other discharge codes include uh, CTS, credit for time served, uh, say a suspect's in jail for three to five days, something like that. Uh, lack of credibility of witnesses may be cited, a lack of video or forensic evidence. And we see this more and more where prosecutors are asking officers to go over and above just witnessing because uh, in the past where juries may have found uh, officers to be credible and trustworthy, 
not so much these days. So the prosecutors who want an airtight case want that extra effort uh, video or forensic evidence. Yeah, and it's, it's almost um, become a, a requirement that there be video now. It used to be, you know, if, if it wasn't written down, it didn't happen. But now it's if it's not on video, it didn't happen. And right. so it's, there's just because of this universal availability of video cameras and cell phones and surveillance and on officer cameras. And so that's been kind of the, you know, the tripwire I've been looking for, especially with on officer cameras of if you're not wearing one or if it's malfunctioning, that then brings into some sort of um, uh, question the officer's testimony and, and his or her written report of what had happened, right? Sure, and you've seen uh, TV shows or, or these cops-like shows that show uh, officers going undercover, decoys, wearing a wire, using video and all that. But what it really doesn't show is a lot of these cases, um, uh, narcotics cases, vice cases, tend to be misdemeanors. So you go through this labor-intensive process of setting up decoys, cover officers, uh, getting a hotel or motel room, setting it up with video and, and all of that. And it all basically boils down to misdemeanor prosecution at best. So uh, is really, is, is that where you wanna put your, your best efforts and your personnel power into um, addressing these low-level misdemeanors. Yeah, crimes. because the prosecutors are going to say, you know, well, we're not really that interested, or they're going to they're going to allow the plea to, you know, let them plead out, or, or what have you, where you have a negative consequence of all of that effort. Right, and and like I say, you see a lot of these uh, former felonies of uh, grand thefts and and thefts from persons um, and narcotics violation being reduced to misdemeanors now by vote. Mm -hmm. So. Do we really uh, put a lot of effort in prosecution? A couple of the other favorites of mine uh, that the, the DA tends to discharge cases are in the interest of justice. And I always wondered who, <laughs> whose interest yes, was who's that, justice? right? And, and other charges dropped um, uh, due to small loss of property, witness problems, uh, suspects uh, testifying against each other where you can attack the credibility of another witness. So I'm, believe me, I've been on uh, the other end of the table trying to take what I thought was a great case to the uh, district attorney to mm -hmm. charge, only to be given a laundry list and to go back and do canvas neighborhoods or re-interview uh, witnesses, uh, search for evidence, search for forensic evidence and things like that. And, uh, you know, oftentimes you're just chasing your tails for what... There's no guarantee of a prosecution, even if you get that stuff. Right. It, it, I would imagine that has to have a terrible effect on morale, for particularly for investigators. You know, who are, who are that, that's their that's their job. Is they're just going out and looking for evidence and finding the evidence and interviewing subjects, interviewing witnesses, and they keep running their heads into this brick wall of I don't want to say failure, but of of of, of a negative outcome of of a no criminal prosecution, right? Sure, and, and certainly you don't want to spin their wheels either. So if you have a case that's not so solid, not so stellar, and you look at the suspect or the offender and he's got no rap sheet, mm -hmm. um, okay, maybe we, we wait until he offends again. But mm -hmm. for chronic offenders, um, I remember this one case where uh, I caught a guy in a stolen car. I get all the evidence, I see that there's a screwdriver stuck in the ignition switch of the car, and I'm thinking, yeah, slam dunk, right? Take it to the DA, and the DA discharges uh, for lack of evidence. And I said, what 
more evidence did you need? Well, could you prove, did he admit that he knew the car was stolen? Well, no, but he was driving a car with a screwdriver instead of a key in the ignition. Uh, not good enough. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, that's frustrating. Amazing. And the one last kind of question that I have uh, is, do you think that increasingly with the, the pressure here, particularly in California, but other states as well, on, um, you know, you, you talked about decriminalizing some things, making some things misdemeanors, because of the overcrowding of the prison population, right. I would imagine that has to put a great deal of strain on the prosecutors to be even more selective um, to, 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 because they just know that there's not going to be any place to put these people, right? Right. But so when you reduce all these felonies to misdemeanors now, most drugs, even Schedule One drugs, are now misdemeanors in California for personal use possession. Mm-hmm. When you had all those DAs, those uh, deputy DAs who were charging felonies, when those things were wiped off the books, I don't believe that a lot of those district attorneys were reassigned to now prosecute misdemeanor cases. Mm. So uh, good idea to reduce the prison population. At one point, we were over 300% capacity. But to just wholesale uh, change classifications of crimes and let people out of jail without rehabilitation or otherwise support or education, I think I think it's a mistake. We're going to reap the the unseen um, results in the next few years. But, but before we end, I would like to talk a little bit about the prosecution of police officers, yeah. of law enforcement officers. And, and we did see in, in uh, the Baltimore case this sort of rush to judgment that, that is, is often uh, criticized when it's uh, trying to jumpstart a case against a, a wanton uh, a felon, a known felon, offender, known criminal, or right? Yeah, right. But so, so now, I mean, it's the a tables, double standard. Tables have so changed, and so uh, the flip side of reluctance to prosecute is the rush to judgment uh, to pr- procure and uh, garner favor with the public or special interest groups. Hot and bush- hot button issues can motivate people to act in order to obtain favor with some people, and it's it's unfortunate when we have this system that's supposed to be a system of checks or balances that you have uh, sworn uh, uh, chiefs, you have district attorneys, and you have uh, mayors and governors speaking out to the media about the guilt of officers without any evidence being presented. And, 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 and fomenting so much unrest, you know, and such pressure from the uneducated population of citizens, they don't know what they're looking at. They don't understand use of force. They don't understand the Supreme Court in Tennessee v. Garner and, and Graham v. Connor. They don't understand any of that stuff. And as a, as an end state of their being all a, a Twitter, if you will, to use the term from the social media, um, th- that they put such pressure on these prosecutors who want to remain, as I'd said earlier, elected. They right. want, they know that these people will go out and vote for somebody else next time, and they want to stay elected. So they go out and they prosecute falsely these, you know, or, or pursue at least these these false, ridiculous, trumped up charges. For example, in Baltimore, it's terribly frustrating. Sure, and it's got to add to that same tension between the prosecutors and the police. Right. And even if it's not overtly false, the fact that they would tend to prosecute with the thinnest amount of evidence when they certainly wouldn't in, in any other case, um, it's it's a head scratcher. I think officers can can um, do some things to protect themselves uh, by following policy to the letter, uh, by making sure that uh, prisoners are well cared for. Uh, 
um, we saw in the Freddie Gray um, case that um, officers were, were criticized for not uh, following policy and belting the suspect into the back of the van. So anytime you have a written order um, similar to that, you should do it. If, if in fact you have a prisoner who is non-ambulatory, um, he's on the, under the influence of drugs or alcohol, and you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. If you sit him up and he ends up um, you know, dying from uh, positional asphyxia or, or, or something like that, or he's assaulted by other suspects, I think that's when you have to um, look over your shoulder, call for a supervisor, call for maybe medical assistance. Maybe you take an ambulance rather than the, the wagon to jail. And in San Francisco, several years back after in-custody deaths of um, over-intoxicated inebriates and people under the influence of drugs, uh, we stopped taking drunks to jail in police cars. We, if they were non-ambulatory, if they couldn't uh, tell you, answer some simple questions or get up and walk to the radio car, then uh, I'm sorry, but an ambulance was taken out of service to do transport for them. And I think it's, it saved an awful lot of officers' grief in uh, people who shouldn't be in police custody because they're they're so far gone. They're they're a medical emergency at that right. point, you know. So it's an absolute, you know, appropriate use of, of that ambulance, you know, because that person could they're they're a danger to themselves and yeah, frankly absolutely. others. So absolutely, you know, I think that you're right. I think that the officers today, you know, I think that officers today are already doing tremendously good work, but I think that it's time, particularly in this political times, with these prosecutors who are you know, looking to go after cops and prosecutors who are reluctant to prosecute criminals sure. um, that, you know, just got to cross every T, dot every I, make sure all the procedures and policies are followed to the letter. And, you know, and like you'd said, I think it's a really good point. Get a super supervisor involved because that can be your s sort of CYA, uh, making sure that, you know, they've, they've signed, they signed off on it as well. Sure. And that's their job. So give them a call out, double check with them. I think as far as prosecution goes, if you make a great arrest, then dot all the I's, cross all the T's, do your canvassing, do your searching for evidence, do your witness interviews, um, do all the things that you possibly can to take a nice boxed, gift-wrapped case to the district attorney with a bow on it and make it really difficult for them to refuse. Yeah, it's a great topic, and I'm sure we're going to revisit this um, going forward. Uh, we'll be back next week with another interesting podcast topic. I'm Doug Wiley.